1: You are now entering the second week comics podcast, starring Mark Clare and Rimsel Martinez. It's over. The never-ending training. To get ready for my recent jiu-jitsu tournament is over. I came, I saw, I conquered, I walked out with silver in my division. And all I had to do was beat COVID and a foot sprain on the same foot I just did two months of physical therapy on my ankle for, all in the same week. It's funny, I had COVID the full week beforehand. And on the day that I tested negative, I went and did some training with my coach and uh, another training partner. And during that time, I'm literally throwing people, just throwing him over and over and over because my goal was to initiate the takedown um, at the beginning of my matches. So I'm just throwing and throwing and throwing him, tossing him. I'm like the John Wick of throwing people at this point. And at some point as I was falling down with him, it was a controlled fall, I sprained something called a metatarsal. It's like kind of like a, a tendon band that goes across your foot that if you sprain it, it really hurts. So my foot swells up drastically. And mind you, uh, a lot of you remember back in July, at the end of July, I I ruptured a ligament in my ankle while training. This is the same foot. So everything hurt. And I literally had 24 hours to get ready. And I was also dealing with COVID. So I I was taking every pill and supplement known to man. I went to this uh, IV nutrition place. Shout out to IV nutrition in Brookfield, and um, they gave I, I was just like, give me like the Lindsay Lohan special. I had gone there a few days prior because I was really dehydrated. And this is when my COVID was still really bad. So they gave me that. And then they gave it to me again. They gave me like a shot of like, I don't know if it was like adrenaline or something like, you know, horse tranquilizer for all I know. But they said it would give me enough uh, enough enough of a boost to at least get there. So do that. Uh, I do a training session with my trainer. I'm wearing a sandal the entire time. And she put me through the ringer for an hour. Next day, my wife and I go ahead and drive down Chicago and we have to park all the way at the end of this, uh, like giant community center. Like it's about not a quarter mile. I don't want to exaggerate, but it was pretty far and it was raining and there were stairs. So I get like 10 steps out and, I I look at my wife, we're carrying uh, my my bag of my stuff and everything. I just look at her, and I'm like, I got to lean on you. So she carries me all the way inside, okay? So that happens, and then I have to wait five hours to compete. So we're stretching out, I'm moving around, and and it hurts the entire time too. So I'm like, I have to move around, and I have to watch people, because I got to be ready, I got to be warmed up. But at the same time, like, the more I do this, the more my foot hurts, Hurts. So then I'm like sitting down during points and I'm like, well, my foot feels better, but now my muscles are cold. So by the time I actually get up to do my match, I am just like, I just want to get out of here. So good news, I uh, got every takedown I attempted. Felt really good about that. Didn't hurt my ankle, uh, escaped some chokes that I'd been working on, and uh, you know, walking out silver felt pretty good, especially for somebody that should have probably dropped out. My mom wouldn't talk to me that week. She was just very upset with me. Um, And everyone else, my coaches and everyone, they were like, man, like we're surprised that you did it, but we're proud that you did it. And I was very proud of me for doing it too, because we got a deep dish pizza, drove back up to Milwaukee and crashed. And I feel like I've just been in uh, a week and a half long recovery. I've been. Uh, I, I lost a lot of weight from not just, uh, you know, the the training uh, and, you know, everything I went through to get ready for a tournament, but I lost a lot of weight that week because I had COVID for like the freaking fourth time. So I was just like, man, like I got to eat something. My appetite's been all over the place. Uh, luckily, I, I've only gained like a couple pounds back. So I'm looking at this like, huh, maybe I got some, you know, uh, some, you know, like, courtesy pounds that aren't coming back but then again I haven't really been eating that much I've just been tired I've been working I've been uh hustling and I've got some projects in the work that you guys will go ahead projects in the works that you guys will go ahead and hear about you know when when you're the only one doing an episode um you tend to become like really anal about your own voice and everything becomes faster and slower at the same time uh so yeah mark is out today you get me Florida man doing Florida man things. And uh, long story short, I'm uh, slowly getting back into the the groove. And it's just, uh, you know, I, I want to go ahead and thank all of you again. Jeffrey was the biggest donor for the tap cancer out fundraiser. I did. We went ahead and raised more than $1,300. Uh, a bunch of you also pitched in here and there, uh, not producer Derek, uh, my strength and conditioning coach, Anna, really appreciate you, my mom. And a bunch of friends as well jumped in. I was I was very humbled and, you know, I gave it my all. And let me tell you, there was at one point that week, especially when I was like negative for COVID and then I hurt my foot again, like two days prior, I was like, fuck, like, should I really be doing this? I'm sorry for YouTube, frack. Uh, should I really be doing this? And, uh, you know, even though I was like, physically at the worst possible condition to do a fight, I did it. And, uh, you know, people were like, you know, for somebody with a bum foot, am I, I wore, I had to wear like a, like a compression sleeve. Like I was hobbling at one point they called me over my opponent and everyone was just like, what the heck is with this guy? But you could see in the photo and everything where we're standing on the podium, that guy was sweating his ass off. He had a, he had a few, he was about a foot taller than me and a nice guy, strong guy, but, you know, I had to, I had to give it my all and, you know, I hope I did my best. I feel like I did my best and man, it just feels good to be over with, you know, when you're focusing on something like that for so long, uh, it feels good to get over it. Speaking of getting over it before we go ahead and get into today's spooktober themed episode. I go ahead and give a shout out to somebody else that helped me get through this. You know, uh, weight loss sucks and I'm not giving health advice, but when you need caffeine and you want good stuff and you don't want to have to fill it with creamer and sugar and everything else, go ahead and give our boy, Stephen Fox, a call. Well... More like check out his email, foxnsons.com, F O X N S O N S. Use code second print pod to save 15% off your order of $25 or more. Go ahead and get that Brazilian honey prep. That's my favorite. Uh, second favorite would be the Tanzania Peaberry. berry. And just when I want something to go, don't want to think about it, the Fox Den blend. This coffee is what helped me get through my training and fight camp and everything else. And as I continue to hustle and grind and move on to other goals and aspirations, I'm fueled by Fox & Sons, the official sponsor of the Second Print Comics podcast. So go ahead and remember, use that code Second Print Pod at checkout. Save 15% off your order of $25 or more at Fox & Sons, F-O-X-N-N-S-O, F-O-X. I have to do it like in a song sometimes, so if you think I'm like a little retarded, I am. F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S dot com, FoxAndSons.com. Now we can get to it. Uh, Last year, ironically, ironically, I went ahead and did a solo episode uh, where I was covering an Archie comic. It had to do with a bunch of vignettes with uh, Madam Satan. And I I talked about in that episode, like, I like Archie, but not like, you know, the Archie you grab from like the grocery store cash register rack of stuff on the way out uh, when you were a kid. No, I like Archie horror is awesome. And I don't really know when this happened. I'm pretty dang sure it happens with this. But Afterlife with Archie has gone ahead and spawned like this Archie universe that is just fun and gory and just not what you expect. Uh, about 10 years ago, they tried doing kind of like a manga Char- uh, Archie reboot and that no one liked that. And then they tried doing like an Archie universe where they split into two timelines, one where he married Veronica and one where he married Betty And I don't really know who keeps Archie comics alive. Like Archie seems to be like at the at the butt end of the stick when it comes to jokes, but somehow Archie has just been able to stay alive. And you know, typically we're talking about a much older fan base. Uh, Some of you with wives, you know, they may have been into the CW Riverdale TV show, and they did a Netflix Sabrina series, which was really good. And they also have. um, I I actually want to watch this. She's the. She's like the female Hardy Boy. Hey, who's the who who's the who's the girl detective? Who's not who's not the Hardy Boy. She teams up with the Hardy Boys. Peggy Nancy Drew Nancy Drew. So I just answered my own question trying to ask my wife. So Nancy Drew, there's a Nancy Drew show that apparently came out that looks really cool. And um it seems like this, you know, 60s happy go lucky comic era seems to be going through what many would consider like a dark, you know, postmodern phase. And typically I think that's when you're ruining a character, but I think it's better because if you got people like me who don't really read, who never really read Archie except when I was like really young because I was reading my dad's Archie comics, you know you got me. So we're covering Afterlife with Archie, number one. I thought this was the best way to go ahead and cap off another successful Spooktober. We'll go ahead and jump in and have some fun and screams while doing so. Pages 1 through 7 starts with a horror film style crawl that immediately says this is how the end of the world begins. Across a black page painted in blood right there, they're telling you on the first page, this ain't your daddy's Archie comics. This is some evil dead shit. And you see this immediately, you know, uh, one of, one of the, one of my favorite episodes of the year was done with uh, good friend, Matt Pataglia and in his house on fire book, um, you know, something I mentioned is that it's a lot of, uh, you know, dark, you know, like sandy reds and oranges and blacks. And, um, you know, it's, it's really just a couple of primary colors And what it does is it paints a pretty scary shadow across all the characters and the settings and everything. So right there, it's very different from the vibrant, you know, very much like paint by the numbers, Archie, that you might have in your head. This is meant to tell you, like, this is completely different. This is a horror book and not like a lampoon horror. Whereas if you remember, um, you know, horror comics, which I think we did last year, the one of Madam Satan going through Riverdale and everything, while there is a lampoon satirical element, they're letting you know, like, there's a degree of that here because you got to remember the brand. But this is going to be a horror story. So we go to the next page, we see a man frantically running at night to the home of Teenage Witch, Sabrina Spellman. Because in case you didn't know, Archie, Sabrina, the pussy Josie and the Pussycat dolls, they're all part of the same universe. I think uh, they they've always done crossovers and stuff. So they all, you know, there's a lot of self-referential stuff going on. So this man runs to the home of Teenage Witch Sabrina Spellman and her two aunts. I think it's really good that they started It by introducing Sabrina because Sabrina has also gone through a phase uh, through the Netflix show where, um, you know, it's very dark, very scary, very much more adult. So by starting an Archie book of Sabrina, especially after that, you know, that crawl at the beginning of the first page, they're really letting you know, like, have no doubts. We're dealing with horror here. So Sabrina, as you know, lives with her two aunts, and as the guy is knocking on the door, the Spellmans are nervous as to who has come to their home so late at night. As Sabrina goes and opens the door, we see a full page of Jughead sitting, you know, standing there in the rain holding his dead pet hot dog uh, with tears running down his eyes, and it's just, you know, you...
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: start with that creepy, evil dead crawl. You have start with the introduction of Sabrina. Now you have Jughead crying, holding his dead dog. Like, I don't know how else to tell you. This ain't your dad. He's Archie. Um, so the Spellman's attempt to bring Hot Dog, who was hit by a car, uh, you know, back to full health, try and heal him. But I mean, Hot Dog's dead. It's just it's just not going his way. Uh, the dog's been dead for too long Is one of the aunt's uh, tells Jughead, and because of that, there's no spell that they can use to bring his soul back. But Jughead is is in shock. He wants to save his best friend. So he wants to see if they can actually bring him back to life. But the Spellman ans state that this is a line they will not draw as necromancy, the art of dealing with the dead and bringing them back is far too dangerous and will go against their coven's code. Uh, pages 8 through 12 Feeling bad for Jughead shortly after, Sabrina asks her Talking Cat Salem to cover for her, while she sneaks out of the house with the Necronomicon, the book of spells that will help bring Jughead's dog back to life. I want to pause there for a second. I grew up with the Sabrina the Teenage Witch live-action show in the 90s. I grew up with the cartoon uh, that played on uh, Disney. And uh, I have have an affinity for Salem the cat, because growing up, I had a black cat. He was my best friend. My parents got him uh, when they were dating. And uh, he... uh, he lived until he was about sixteen years old, very old for a cat. And he was my, he was my best buddy. He was a, um, he he was a, what's it called? I don't, I, people would be like, what type of cat is he? I'd be like, he's a black cat. Um, he was he was part Siamese. He was half Siamese, half something else. So he had a he had a very peculiar face that always looked like Salem, kind of like Salem from uh from the Teenage the Witch show. And I always. Sabrina the Teenage Witch show. And I always thought it was funny because, you know, Salem could talk because Salem was a guy turned into a cat according to um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch canon. So it was always funny because I would, you know, I was like young, like three or fourth time watching that. I'd have my cat Rem uh, named after the band REM. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's name is also Remso, too. Part of me thinks that he wanted to name the cat after himself. And then I was named after the cat. But according to him, it was because of the group R. E. M. So anyway, Rem would sit next to the couch, sit sit next to me on the couch, and uh, we'd watch that and I'd point to the screen, I'd be like, Look, he's on T V and he'd just look at me and he'd be like, No, dum dum, I am here. Uh yeah. Whenever I, whenever I see Sabrina and her black cat, I, I remember my black cat yeah i've had a i have had ai have my pa- well my parents have another black cat named wolf if any of you follow me on instagram you know they love to post photos of wolf he's a large fluffy long haired Coon. and uh yeah yeah i've had a lot of cats i've had i've had two calicos two black cats i've had black and i've had two black and white cats i i'm a cat person i have dogs too i've had three dogs um but yeah No, I just, I just love that. I I love Salem. He's one of my, he's, I just love Salem. Anyway, enough cat talk. Uh, uh, Feeling bad for Jughead, uh, who has now had to bury Hot Dog. Sabrina asks her talking cat Salem to cover for her while she sneaks out with the Necronomicon, the book that will help bring Jughead's dog back to life. As Sabrina goes over to Jughead's after he has buried Hot Dog in the backyard uh, beside his doghouse, she asks Jughead to begin digging him back up. So, I mean, first you have to see, and it's a really, like, it, it, it'll it pull at your heartstrings if you've ever owned an animal. He's talking to him as he's burying him, and now as he's about to go to bed and wake up to tomorrow, which is going to be a horrendous day, she, he's quickly woken up by Sabrina and told to dig up the dead dog, which is just going to give him so much, so much therapy and um, she needs him to do that so that way she can go ahead and perform a spell from the Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon. So as she does it, lightning strikes in almost Stephen King-esque fashion, and she informs Jug that he'll have to wait until the morning to see whether or not the spell actually worked. But because of the gravity of the situation, Sabrina warns him not to tell anyone of what they did. However, Sabrina gets back to her house and the Spellman ants have discovered what she did. So I remember the ants in like the live action one being really hot. And um, there was the one aunt, the like curvier one, who I think went ahead and like totally destroyed my taste in women. So when I say that they turn into monsters who are horrific and terrifying to see, um, understand that I've got the image of that woman who went on to be like the aunt and like mom's on a date with a vampire in Disney and a bunch of other shit in the 90s. And I don't know where she is now. But, uh, you know, they they went ahead and took her, who I consider like a 10, and they turned her into like a negative 10. And she is scary as shit. okay scary as shit. And they basically turn into these witching monster things um, and they have to go ahead and subdue Sabrina and remove her powers since she broke the coven code. They make her mouth disappear and everything like this is not cutesy, you know, cartoon Sabrina, the teenage witch. This is some terrifying shit. And, you know, they they have to do this because she used the dark magic to go ahead and bring hot dog back from the dead. So pages 13 through 17, uh, the next day at Riverdale High, Betty and Veronica are fighting over Archie, who does not deserve these two women freaking fighting for him. Like, what the hell? Like, he's just I've I've never understood. Like, what makes Archie so cool. He's not that smart. He's not super athletic. He's a nice guy, but like to have Betty and Veronica fighting over him, I've, I think that's why I've never liked Archie. He just ha- kind of has it both ways, and he's just so aloof about everything. I just can't freaking stand him. But anyway, they're, they're fighting over Archie to see who will be his uh, date to the Halloween dance, which by the way, in Riverdale, there's always a freaking dance. I feel like every Archie comic I ever picked up was always... A dance. And it's like, how many years and how many homecomings have they done? Aren't they a bit curious as to why they've been in high school for like, what, 40, 50 freaking years? Just me. I know. It's just comics. Always bugged me. Well, anyway, we learned that their friend Reggie was the one who hit Hot Dog with his car last night. Later that day, Jughead discovers Hot Dog was brought back to life, but in some type of of like weird, like pet cemetery way where now he's like a demon zombie dog and you see this and it's not, you know, classic Archie comics. Cute. This is some pet cemetery shit. Freaked me the fuck out. So he, uh, he brutally like mauls Jughead and he like rips his arm off. It is, well not off. Like it's, he rips his arm up really bad and it's just, just messed up. And I mean, just like I said earlier, it's this, um, combination of like reds, uh, Oranges and black that just really, really add depth to otherwise a, a comic that I always think of in, like, very vibrant, happy, vibrant, you know, primary colors. They're bringing this down. So when you see his dog start to attack him and, like, really mess up his arm, like, it, it sends the point home. Um, so uh, he he gets mauled. Uh, basically... Jug starts to turn into a zombie shortly after Archie comes to check in on him. And um, at that point, it gets it gets really bad because he notices uh, something is wrong with Hot Dog, too. He's been chained up under, uh, you know, in the backyard. Archie's just like, what's up with your dog? And then Jughead, uh, you know, after Archie leaves and Jughead goes full zombie, uh, he goes and he kills his parents. So, I mean, that's just there's no going back. This is not your dad's Archie. Meanwhile, at the dance, Betty and Veronica ditch their original costume ideas to dress in, like, sexier attire to fight for Archie. So they were going to go as, like, you know, you know, pirates and nurses or whatever, and now it's, like, sexy nurse and sexy pirate. And it's just like, Archie, you don't fucking deserve them, either of them. Um, <laughs> Reggie arrives at the party, and Archie asks him what's been bothering him, especially since he didn't show up in his costume. Uh, Reggie later admits he is feeling guilty for having killed Jughead's dog. Then, as soon as this revelation becomes even clearer, we see two teacher chaperones sitting outside. And while they're talking, zombie Jughead lunges out and begins to eat one of them and then steps inside of the full Riverdale High auditorium and appears in full undead zombie form. And that is where this issue ends. I'm telling you, this is not your dad's Archie. If you want to read just a fun entry-level Uh, horror comic, Afterlife with Archie is one of my favorites. I don't know how I discovered it, but I did a couple years ago, and it's been just a highly recommended one that's perfect for anyone, whether they like comics or not. It doesn't even matter whether they like Archie. This feels original, and as long as you have a concept of who the characters are, I think you're going to go ahead and have a fun time. So let's go ahead and rate this, okay? Uh, And we're just covering the first issue. I went ahead, and you can find the full volume on Hoopla, for free, if you want to do that, you can also uh, borrow them issue by issue. But uh, it's it's not long. This was about twenty four pages. You can get through the first volume in yeah under an hour, if depending on how fast you read. Um, art. I'm going to give a five. I love the artwork, the renderings, the illustration, uh, especially you know the the way that the coloring and the panel work goes. This is phenomenally good. I think the art is great. I'm also going to go ahead and give um, the story... Uh, four out of five. It's great for classic Archie fans, long-term Archie fans. I don't know many of them, but I'm sure they exist out there. But it was great for people like me who were entry level, who had an idea of who they were and got into this. It's really its own canon. It's its own thing. You're going to love it. And this is a horror comic from start to finish. It's perfect. The pacing is good. The dialogue is good. You're immediately enthralled with the story. Um, this is This is near perfect. I'm giving issue one a nine out of 10. So go ahead. I highly recommend. And this is, I'm going to say, you know, because Archie comics have typically been good for like younger kids and stuff like that. I'm actually going to say that this is probably a book that's PG-13 up uh, because, you know, some of you have asked and I have to take this into consideration. Some of you have kids, especially young kids. You want to share your love of comics with them, but sometimes you want to make sure that they're reading stuff that's appropriate. Um, I would say that if it's 13 or if it's under 13, probably not. If it's above 13, then they've probably seen enough horrible things in life. So, uh, definitely probably not for your younger kids, but if they're teenagers, I don't know. I think Afterlife with Archie is something you can bond over. So those are my thoughts. Nine out of ten. As close to perfect as you can get for the first issue of Afterlife with Archie. Please go ahead, go ahead and get early episode releases, like episodes like this. Go ahead and get the exclusive shows, the perks. I just mailed out a whole bunch of uh, hardcover graphic novels for folks. Um, you know, know that you could produce an episode like our good friends Eric and Jeffrey. We've got so much stuff going on, it's hard to remember. Over at patreoncom second print pod, for as, little as five buckaroos a month, you can go ahead and join the fun. So that's all she wrote. Remember, as we go ahead and cap off this Spooktober 2023, if there's one thing you can do to keep the monsters under your bed away, or maybe you won't bring them in because you're a freak, it's read comics and change the world. Good night, America.